This week, you gotta know what a crumpet is before you can play cricket, and I'll teach you with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm John Cool But Rude Rooney. Whoa! That guy's wearing the red bandana. You know it. And this week, if you couldn't tell, we're discussing the 1992 independent science fiction fantasy action film... Star Wars? No. No, not even remotely close. Dune? Closer. <laughs> In the cartoon version of this, there is a weird brain monster, so yes. Hey! Uh, so yeah, we are discussing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Yeah. Yes, that's right, from the director of the Dire Straits Money for Nothing video. Great video. And the writer of Sorry. several episodes of Small Wonder. <laughs> that was a show I never saw. <laughs> you never saw Small Wonder? No, I never saw Small Wonder. Oh, man, but you're familiar with the concept, I'm right? not even. Oh, okay. Small Wonder is about a, a fancy scientist man who builds himself a robot daughter. Oh. Uh, her name is Vicky, and it's an acronym, but I do not oh, know what it stands for. wait a minute. For. This sounds familiar. Always wears the same like red dress, like white frills and stuff, and she can also like pick up fucking cars and shit. Nice. And it's all about like I think like just their daily life of having a robo kid, but also I think the government's after them for some reason. Yeah, it's it's very Alf esque. Yeah, right. it's just a normal family sitcom with just a bizarre sci fi conceit at the heart of it. <laughs> yeah, well, the eighties were the time of the high concept sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we high are... comms they called them. Yes, high comms, absolutely. Well done, Patrick. You're very smart. <laughs> that was patronizing. Was it? It was. You're right. You're very smart. God damn it! <laughs> so that's right. We're discussing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Those tiny turtles that got goo on them. What became teenagers? Also, ninjas. That's right, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles begins, like all movies do, with a news report and uh, a game of telephone that's actually just a wallet being passed around. True. Yeah, correct. The The wallet in question, uh, arguably the main character of the piece, uh, is stolen from somebody's purse and then, like, bicycle thieved throughout the streets of uh, Manhattan. Yes, much like the feather in Forrest Gump, it is the, the piece that leads us into the, the story. It is the little pantomime piece. They are the ties leads. that bind. Correct, mm-hmm. yeah. Like sands through the hourglass, these are the wallets of our lives. Despite all its rage, it's still just a wallet in a cage. <laughs> Lights out, gorilla wallet. Turn did, that shit up. Did you ever know that you're my wallet? <laughs> Feeling like a freak on a wallet. Yikes. Yikes. Puddle of wallet. Oh. Limp wallet. Fountains oh. of wallet. Our Lady Wallet. 30 Seconds to Wallet. Blink-180 Wallet. I don't think this ever was a bit. (laughs) It is now. Oh, no. I'm refusing. (laughs) Yeah, you made the right call, Patrick. Listeners. from this bit. Please send help to 123 Podcast Street. (laughs) Care of... 
<laughs> One, two, three, podcast street? Yeah, that's the address that we're living in, right? Yeah, don't you know that? It's in the it's in the podcast district in Podcastville. We're standing tall on the wings of our dreams. <laughs> and truly we were the perfect of strangers. <laughs> And now we do the dance of wallet. Okay, moving yeah, on. Now. Here's the thing. This movie is constructed almost entirely of dated pop culture references, so I don't see why this podcast should be any different. Not only I mean, is it construction fair. of dated pop like references to us now, it's constructed of dated references that were dated then. It's also uh, true. Uh, the Grapes of Wrath, Humphrey Bogart, <laughs> uh, James Cagney, Moonlighting. Moonlighting. Here's the thing. That you're getting the kids in the theater for the toils. Yeah. You're getting the parents in the theater for the jokes. <laughs> yeah. The jokes about Cage Share movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's Moonstruck. Moon that's fair. Uh, actually, that's twice bitten. <laughs> that's once bitten, and that's a Jim Carrey movie. That's not How I Married an Axe Murderer? No, no, no. no. That's uh, that, that's uh, Robert Pattinson. No. <laughs> that's Dana Carvey. God, no. Yeah, no. it came right after that Mike Myers movie, Master of Disguise. <laughs> oh, no, you're right. You're mm-hmm. totally right. I know. There yeah. is a sequ- There's a, a segment of the commentary for Masters of Disguise where they point out the scene they filmed on 9-11 <laughs> and how it was a tough day. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, God. <sighs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was a harsh one. <laughs> but the fact that they had the, the nerves of steel... To say no, if we don't finish Masters of Disguise, <laughs> produced by Adam Sandler, starring Dana Carvey, the terrorists win. Yeah, I mean, it's true. They would have. They would have. And but- instead, Osama Bin Laden <laughs> had to live in a world with Masters of Disguise. Because it was the laughter that truly healed us as a people, you understand. Now, did anybody actually see this movie? I have only seen, I have only seen it with the DVD commentary. But wait, that means somehow you came into contact with the DVD. Do you own this movie, John? No, yeah. I just I wasn't inoculated against it. I missed the free <laughs> the free Master of Disguise shots that they handed out at work because I thought whatever, I'll just wear a scarf. I won't get Master of Disguise. <laughs> so I just guru out of you? Like a goddamn Videodrome handgun out of a TV? Yeah, I thought it was Wayne's World 2 at first. This is the new Flash! <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Wayne's World 2 at first, but the, the jokes and voices kept coming, and that's when I knew it was something serious. Oh, okay. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is the movie we actually watched. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a movie about Ninja Turtles. You knew that. We all knew that. They're teenagers to boot. That's right. They're only fifteen years old. <laughs> they are only fifteen, uh, which makes some of the things they get involved in soups creepy, and also that makes a lot of the things they say soups creepy. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the movie uh, kind of begins with the news report by venerable news reporter April O'Neil, one of the top uh, beat reporters in the city. And she Yellow is, jacket aficionado. Of course, yeah. Well, she knows fashion. I mean, well, it's fair. 
and so we get her report. How about there's a rash of a crime wave spreading throughout New York City? Guys, get yourself checked for Master of Disguise before it's too late. <laughs> Early detection is the key. You think it's just a rash, but then you're going to go to the Turtle Club because you're turtly, and then it's all over. <laughs> it becomes yeah. I'm Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, no. And I'm here for Master of Disguise Awareness Week. <laughs> Get yourself checked out, or else you'll get an elbow, brother. <laughs> uh, turn your head and do a George H.W. Bush impersonation. Okay, I'm not gonna that. Oh, no! Not gonna that. Oh, he's infected! <laughs> oh, he's gonna erupt a DVD later. <laughs> the only cure is four years of Saturday Night Live. Oh, God. <laughs> and the only way to watch the DVD is with the commentary on. <laughs> Guys, the button got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so after April O'Neil reports on the rash of crime that we see is being committed by young children, uh, a ginger, and ninjas with bug eyes. Uh, I'm not wrong. You're not. You're not wrong. And, uh, well, they are introduced in that that elegant uh, uh, wallet stealing sequence. The final the final link in the chain of wallet is just a metal gauntlet. Yeah, yes. that reaches up because Shredder himself is getting the pickpocketed wallet. You know what? You gotta be hands-on with kids or else they're never gonna respect you. You need to show them that you talk the talk. Right, and as a manager, you need to work a day in each role. Exactly, so you can really appreciate the feedback you get from your employees. You really know where they're coming from. And if anybody keeps it constructive, (laughs) (laughs) The So, uh, yeah, we see the, the, the nascent members of the foot... Uh, walk, running around New York, uh, wiping out the back of a of a delivery truck and stealing a bunch of electronics. A woman watching a TV who turns around for a second, and the TV is just magically lifted into the air, uh, <laughs> right. straight directly up into the air, and then down to the ground where a kid runs away with it because he just jumped three floors for it. Yeah, I mean that. Say what you want about Shredder's management technique; it gets results. Yeah, that's true. They're fine TV stealers. Yeah, yeah and then they all uh, run back to their big uh, warehouse, Lost Boy arcade skate park of cigarettes and cigars and awesome. Yeah, there is a wall dedicated explicitly for graffiti. There is scaffolding for you to just climb to your heart's content. I'm pretty sure I've paid a cover to go to a bar like that. Right? They've got uh, they got narc. They got uh, some roulette. They got slot machines in the background. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw Arkanoid. Yeah, it's a pretty hope. dope place. It's like an adult version of like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, and they got poker tables. Yeah. Hmm. To be a kid in Shredder's employ yep. or whatever. Uh, they got cigars, bubblegum, and Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Anything you could hope for. <laughs> April O'Neil, after doing her report, leaves work uh, wearing that most New York of outfits, a big yellow raincoat, and denim cut-off shorts. Yeah, uh, yeah it was uh, the Dick Tracy trend that was uh, <laughs> sweeping the nation at that point. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Yeah, never thanks. had Warren Beatty been hotter in a movie than Dick Tracy. Be Beatty, always be Beatty. <laughs> always oh. bet on Beatty. <laughs> you guys, if you thought Warren Beatty was hot in that movie, you weren't paying attention to Mandy Patinkin as eighty-eight keys. <laughs> Sorry, he was overpowered by Pacino's scream <laughs> <laughs> or Dustin Hoffman's uncredited mumbling. <laughs> Uh, Which is only slightly different than his credited mumbling. Correct! So, uh, April O'Neil is um, beset with thugs 
who are coming after her. Uh, well, she catches them uh, yeah, ripping off her news van. They're taking all the crap out of her news van. And before... Uh, yeah, they're getting some sweet BNC breakout cables, some uh, PMV. Now that is SCART compatible, right. which means you can hook up all your retro consoles with RGB. <gasps> also... Provided they're modded or from the correct region. I have to assume that they had one of those like multi-different uh, recording VCR sort of things that you could be taping and recording and watching stuff all at the uh, same actually, time. Actually, it was probably so. beta back Back then, uh, beta was generally beta was the broadcast standard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, beta was also. I just like to point out that it's been like a year since we've had a discussion about cables and <laughs> uh, audiovisual components. Yeah, it was so our, thanks, uh, guys. Good work. It was what our RoboCop episode, right? Uh, yeah, maybe yeah, or probably. every episode before when you decided to speak. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> guys. I'm just trying to get the information out to the people. If you're wondering why your NES looks like crap on your new, brand new HD TV, it's because you're not. Scaling it properly, you dummies. John, I feel sad that you weren't born in a time where you could have worked at a radio show. Guys, guys, <laughs> guys. For, uh, 240p is not an actual standard. <laughs> it's a trick of CRT. That's why there's scan lines. You gotta upres that with either a line doubler or some kind of external video processor, or it's just gonna look bad. <laughs> Do you got all that? <laughs> I hope you wrote that down. <laughs> I recommend the XRGB FrameMeister or the brand new OSCC. All right, no, John, no, no you went too far. Too you far. went right into buzz marketing, and I <laughs> will not allow that. I'm just hoping yeah. that they'll send me free things. John, we won't do it until we get that Pizza Hut sponsorship. Yeah, come on, John. We've been we've been we've been calling out KY for <laughs> almost two years, and they give zero fucks. Yeah, they don't. Also, where's the muscle grease? I check the shelves daily. You're obviously not going to the right stores. <laughs> did did you go to the place where the beef cakes were? Because if you didn't go there, you wouldn't find I it. I didn't go there. It's I only didn't at, go there. It's only at Beefcake and Co. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyways, April O'Neil is beset. That's cool with, that they're a co now. That's nice. Moving yeah, in the world. Yeah, they used to be an LLC, and now right. they moved up. Yeah, it's yeah. Really good for them. One of these days, it'll be Beefcake Inc. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Once they go public? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so April O'Neil... Do you think the shares they sell are going to be all greasy? <laughs> I think the shares they sell will be grease. <laughs> Deep fried into into pains. <laughs> I, I really want to invest in Marvel Comics because I know that their shares come with little pictures of Spider-Man on them. <laughs> Okay. If there was ever a great reason to be a stockholder. Right? <laughs> the commemorative stamps. <laughs> so April O'Neil is beset with thugs. Wait a minute, guys. <laughs> I can just buy a Spider-Man comic. You can. Fuck this. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. Great. Patrick, April O'Neil is beset with thugs. And, oh, John's back. Oh, god damn it. Guys, it turns out they make so many Spider-Man comics. <laughs> Hundreds? There's Spider-Man, there's Spectacular Spider-Man, there's Amazing Spider-Man, there's Sensational Spider-Man, there's the new Spider-Man, there's Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man, there's Edge of the Spider-Verse, there's Spider-Gwen, Deadpool Gwen, Edge of the Venomverse Spider-Man. I keep waiting for Uncanny Spider-Man. That thing never existed! That was X-Men and you know it! John, I am so disappointed that you did not mention 
Peter Parker Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2099. Or Web of Spider-Man. I know. Hey, which one gives me Spider-Man with the six arms? Uh, That's either Civil War Spider-Man or uh, Spider-Man 2099. Mm. Spider-Man 2099 didn't have six arms? He had robot arms. Oh, no, no, you're thinking thinking of uh, Reign of Spider-Man, where he was actually, like, mutating into a stupid spider. Yeah, 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 where he gets full-on Trogdor arms. That was fucking dumb. Hey, uh, Craven's Last Hunt, though, that's real good. (laughs) That's true, absolutely. (laughs) Welcome to (laughs) Spider-Talk, the brand new podcast where three white guys talk about comic books. I bet nobody's thought of that. Before <laughs> today's topic, Spider Man Blue, good or great? <laughs> uh, not as good as Daredevil Yellow, but better than Hulk Gray. True. Uh, oh, god, they just released uh, uh, Captain America White, which is very unfortunately named. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's agreed. Agreed. But the Tim Sale artwork is uh, top notch, it always is. All right, <laughs> April, April O'Neil is beset <laughs> with by thugs. thugs, and before they can, before they can hammer on her. Uh, oh, bad words. Of words. Whoa. Oh, please. Whoa, what are they going to do next? Pound on her? Guys, guys, check this pop culture reference. <laughs> Whatever happened to phrasing, you guys? <laughs> Get it? Like that show everyone quotes Brazy. until I hurt them. So a turtle a turtle head pokes out of a sewer grate, throws a sigh into a, a lamp, which breaks, and you hear some whoosh whoosh noises, and when the lights come back on somehow because police showed up without being called, all the goons are tied up and April O'Neil is all alone. Now when we say you hear whoosh whoosh noises, we mean people are actually with their mouths going whoosh whoosh. Absolutely. <laughs> whoosh whoosh. Uh, this this movie set the template for uh, 90s whooshing in films yeah, sure. that would reach its nadir with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. <laughs> right. Which was yes. the whooshiest of 90s films. <laughs> but this really set How will the you know if they went from one action pose to another if you didn't get a whoosh yeah, no, they had no. to take the DVD and put it really, really close to a ceiling fan. Yeah, this is the... this Is, the, is that uh, how they record sound effects yeah, from movies yeah. in the 90s? hold it close to the ceiling fan. And I guess technically it was a laser disc back then. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta flip it because it's four-sided. Right, it's right. similar technology. But yeah. yeah, but Ninja Turtles is like... It's the Rosetta Stone of Woosh <laughs> movies. Uh, it's the it's the scroll of Gilgamesh of Woosh movies. It was the first recorded Woosh uh, of the nineties. It would it would be the standard. So, anyways, April O'Neil is saved by a mysterious force uh, uh, fighting this lethally evil force. Uh, God, I almost went into partners in crime there. We'll get to that. <laughs> don't, do it, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, Save it. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, she while she's confused and the cops are wondering what's going on, she notices a sigh. On the ground. Also, a creepy POV shot from inside the sewer of just a guy going, damn. Because <laughs> his side gets stolen by April O'Neil, who steals evidence from a crime scene. Yeah, she. that's what makes her the best beat reporter in New York City. That's evidence right. stealing. Yeah. And now the Ninja Turtles are now, we are introduced to them by way of them just walking through those sewers going, radical, awesome. Excellent. And then an awesome guitar riff goes, and the title literally flies in <laughs> yeah. uh, with the guitar line. Like fucking Steve Vai was just like, and was uh, the power of his guitar animated the title itself. Yeah, no, they, they held the camera really close to his guitar. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's uh, got the effect on there. Fair enough. So we're introduced to our, our heroes of the movie, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So we've got Leonardo. He's the leader of the team. And the biggest douchey leader this side of Cyclops. Sure. We've got Donatello. He does machines. Correct. He wears purple. Uh, we've got Michael. Oh, Raphael. Raphael. He's cool but rude. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he's then like there's a better version of Fire from the Planeteers. Right. And then there's, of course, Michelangelo, the party, the real party dude. Yeah. yeah. And he's the uh, also kind of a slightly better version of Fire <laughs> from, from the, the yeah, power no. from the though. In a lot of ways, he's a better version of Stifler. <laughs> yeah, that's, sure. that's true, I guess. He doesn't drink a beer with cum in it, so right. that's a step up. Though he totally plow. No. <laughs> I mean, there is a turtle wax joke later in yeah, this movie is. that yeah. is definitely about turtle mass. I mean, he does say all of the uncomfortable things about April. Sure. And I, remember, he's 15 years old. Yeah, right? he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and he has no internet connection, so there's no way no. he should know about all these double entendres he's making. No, absolutely not. So they, uh, they're in the sewers, they go back to their home, and they're confronted by uh, their master, Splinter, uh, a really good giant rat puppet made by Jim Henson Studios, yeah. uh, and voiced with a really terrible racist Japanese accent by the voice of Elmo. Yep. Those charges were dropped. Okay, <laughs> yeah, sure, those charges were dropped. But the charges I'm bringing are him doing a racist voice. Different. Let's not talk about the other things. We already spent ten minutes talking about cables. Those, that's important information for the Just oh, don't mix Spider-Man. up. Don't mix up SCART with JP21, or your equipment is going to get a lot of noise, and you could overload your converters. All right, so <laughs> SCART is the yellow one, and JP21 is the red and the white. No, right? no, 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 no. See, you're way off base. This is why I'm here to provide you with this information so that you don't make a fool of yourself again, Mark. Nah, SCART's that like weird rectangle one, right? Yeah, they're the both SCART and JP21 are those long rectangles. You can tell them apart based on the fact that JP21 has twenty. Exactly. Whereas Scart has the full two rows. Um. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles (laughs) is the film that we, I guess, watched. I don't know. Uh, I thought I, you know, after last time when we watched Passenger Fifty Seven, I thought to myself, surely the madness will end here. Surely this is the worst we'll get. And dear Lord, have I been proven so wrong? I know what you're thinking. What's the advantage of JP21 over SCART? (laughs) Quality-wise, there really is none, but JP21 adapters are easier to find for your XRBT Frame Meister Mini, so that's why a lot of people tend to go with that first. Oh, I've been wondering that for days. And Frame Meister is... That is your external video processor that is going to scale and color correct to the correct proportions, because... As we all know, the pixels on the original 16-bit consoles were not perfect squares. And squares are... (laughs) Hip to be? Perfect. All right. We did it. Finally closed the loop. Uh, Now, uh, the Ninja Turtles come home and they're confronted by Splinter, their master. He's a rat. 
they're turtles. <laughs> you know, the natural order of law and nature. It's, this, it's always a rat over turtle. This is a thing that every character will be slightly confused by at first and then just roll with it. <laughs> just let it go, yeah. Yeah, they're always more freaked out by the giant turtles than they are the giant rat Yeah, man. but I mean, this is New York in the 80s. How much bigger than a New York rat is Splinter, really? <laughs> that's a valid like, point. Like, he's probably only an extra foot. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. We've all seen Pizza Rat, we know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so the turtles, they kind of do some goofy things. They order pizza and yada yada. Well, Raph is all upset because he lost a sigh. And he yells it a lot. And then he goes to watch a movie wearing his disguise. An ill-fitting trench coat <laughs> and a hat that was made for a person with elephant tires. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it was John Merrick's hat that he found <laughs> in, in, a, in the underground Elephant Man Museum somewhere in New York. And he goes off and he goes to watch the movie Critters. Critters! Fucking why not? Leonardo DiCaprio's in it and he's great. That guy's going somewhere. Although Raph did not much care for this film. No. Because no, he walks out and he says, Who comes up with this stuff? And that great New York accent he doesn't have. Uh, <laughs> I would pay really good money to watch Raphael watch this movie. <laughs> So, Raphael wanders out. He sees a couple of uh, purse snatchers. He gives them a little trip where they then fly 30 feet away. uh, And then he throws the purse back to the lady. The kids try to run away, but they're stopped by the hockey-wearing vigilante, Casey Jones. That's right. He's high on cocaine driving that train. (laughs) (laughs) He's ready. Ready to kick the shit out of a bunch of teenagers. (laughs) And he does. He hits one of them in the face with a hockey stick. Something which has, historically, in the game of hockey, killed people. (laughs) Right? Yeah, that teenager no longer has teeth. No, no. He'll be lucky if he has a jaw. The other one gets tripped, and he's about to literally bring the stick down upon them in a flurry of blows, unlike the world has ever seen before he's... Pushed out of the way by Raphael. And they have a, a cute little... Uh, they have a nice little meat cute, actually. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the form of a kind of a fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as I said, it, it, while we were watching this movie, this truly is the uh, Harry Met Sally of Ninja Turtles movies. <laughs> so they uh, they have a little fight. Casey Jones is uh, proficient in... Uh, he took his pro- proficiency in martial weapons, specifically the subset of sporting goods. Uh, <laughs> uh, your stick, your baseball bat, your cricket bat. Yeah, he's like a Cabela ninja. Sure. He's yeah. like a dick sporting good ninja. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes out. At one point, he swings a baseball bat at Raphael, who catches it and goes, A Jose Canseco bat? Please, tell me you didn't spend money on this. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was corked. <laughs> no, because it was rubbed nightly with Andro. <laughs> That's why. And because somehow a ball bounced off of it in the outfield and gave the other team a home run. That's a, if you ever want to see something really hilarious, watch Jose Canseco. Uh, just type in bloopers, Jose Canseco. Someone hits a ball into the outfield, he tries to catch it, it literally bounces off of his head into the stands for a home run. Also, do yourself a favor and watch all the times Jose Canseco fancied himself a pitcher. It's <laughs> hilarious. So anyways, uh, Casey Jones is not happy about this, and they have a little fight, and eventually Casey Jones brings out the, the big guns, the cricket bat, uh, which is like a regular baseball bat, but flat, 
and stupid. Uh, and <laughs> Just he like hits, cricket is like baseball, but flat and stupid. And takes three goddamn days to play a full game. <laughs> yeah, it does. And has bit. things like sticky wickets. Yeah, it's and, got wickets. Yep. Uh, Whatever the hell that means. I don't know. I don't trust any game where you throw the ball into the ground on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty Brits. Fucking colonial bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we broke off. Yeah. I don't want to play in your Commonwealth game. A lot of people thought, man, this taxation without representation thing is bullshit. Nope, it was because we didn't like cricket. It yeah. didn't make sense to us. It's the worst. We had to invent our own awesome American sports, like plastic hat smashing. <laughs> uh, that's football. Right. Um, or uh, uh, was it Canadian Peach basket balling. That's, that's, that's basketball. Canadians have peaches? I thought bas- it was too cold. Basketball was invented by a Canadian, Dr. James Naismith, in New York, and they used a peach basket as uh, the basket for the ball. And it took them, like, years before they were like, guys, we should just cut a hole in the bottom of this basket, because they just had a guy climb up on a ladder and fucking pull it out. Ah, that's tough. Well, I'm not going to ruin a perfectly good basket so you yeah. assholes can play a dumb game. We need to use that I for got harvest. peaches to harvest. Good old New York peaches. <laughs> hey, I got peaches to harvest. It can't possibly be warm enough there. Hey, I got a pit in here. What are you doing, huh? <laughs> Make some tea out of me. <laughs> so anyways... Uh, no, I, just, I just like that the peaches themselves were New York. It was a yeah, fucking no, twist. Well, they're yeah. New York peaches. Good. No, I well, got it. I got I it. I like that they're from specifically the Bronx. Yeah, well, of course. It's the only New York accent I do. <laughs> I.e. generic. Right. <laughs> It's the no-frills version of a New York accent. Anyways, moving on. Uh, so Raphael and Casey Jones fight. Raphael gets knocked out into a garbage can because Casey Jones also has apparently superhuman strength to knock a six-foot-tall, 400-pound super turtle eight feet into the air. Yeah. This is where we get my personal line of the movie, the damn herd round the city. Yes! Yeah. He chases, uh, he gives Jones Kate, uh, Casey Jones chase... He dives over a taxi cab yelling, I'm not going with you! And then Casey Jones is all the way gone. And then he just goes, Damn! And then he just cuts to all of New York. <laughs> yeah, the reverberating echoes. Yeah. Heard as far as the Bowery. <laughs> and as low as parts of Connecticut. <laughs> uh, so uh, Raphael goes home uh, humbled again and where Splinter explains to him like, Hey, you know, you got this anger inside of you, and you really need to watch it and really need to uh, work with your brothers as a team, yeah. i.e., don't be Anakin Skywalker. The Ring of back. Fire is a great responsibility. Yeah. And it also uh, burns, burns, yeah, burns. Yeah, it does. It burns. <laughs> Burns, burns. It burns. You guys ever hear that Johnny Cash song he wrote about the ghost that lived in his house? <laughs> I don't know. Did you ever hear the Johnny Cash song, The Chicken in Black? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, let's not tangent anymore, because we're eight minutes into the movie and 30 minutes into the podcast. But guys, I had some dynamite material on the Bon Jovi Star Wars Christmas song he did. What do you get a Wookiee who already owns a comb? <laughs> what? Continue. I'm intrigued. Yeah, no. 
Tangent, John. Tangent. Yeah, so Bon Jovi did a song about Star Wars Christmas called What Do You Get a Wookiee When He Already Has a Comb? What do you get a Wookiee when he already has a comb? Guys, spoilers. I imagine it's a guitar riff that starts with wow, 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 wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a talk box guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, let's all do Ricky Richie Sambora guitar impressions. Alright, cool. Listeners, I'm not a part of this. John abstains. John abstains. So Patrick abstained from the weird music song band bit with the wallets. And now John's abstaining from the Richie Sambora bit. If you think I'm gonna abstain from a bit later, you guys are wrong. I'll do anything to jump on anything. <laughs> this guy's Mr. Yes and. No, I'm Mr. Yes me. <laughs> uh, Quality use of no. <laughs> hey, I went to Second City, bro. They taught me that I, the, they you teach you the rules so that you can break them. Ooh. Yeah. That's all right. That wasn't funny. That's just true. <laughs> life lessons. Yeah, it, life improv lessons from a thirty-five-year-old comedian still doing open mics. Moving on. Uh, Hosting. <laughs> <laughs> Hosting open mic. <laughs> open mic. <laughs> you guys don't have dueling comedians. <laughs> no, not anymore. Not since. The incident. <laughs> okay, seriously. So the Ninja Turtles come home. Raphael, he's like, you're angry. And he's like, eh. And then the Ninja Turtles come out. The Shredder shows up. And he gathers all of his kids in his goon castle. Yeah. Uh, that's right, the Shredder. Uh, your villain for the movie. You know he's the Shredder because he's covered in blades uh, and pauldrons with blades and a cape that is uh, shimmery tiger stripes. It's pleated. Yeah, it's pleated, pleated at the shoulders. And he wears like a, a, a shimmery purple uh, tunic. It's, it's, it's a full body jumpsuit. Like, it's something David Bowie would wear. Right. It's like if Prince decided to join the Marauders for Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Once, he, once Prince got his own nitro truck. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the, the, the weird glittery red jumpsuit. You know his car is shaped like the Prince symbol. Of yeah. course. Uh, which makes it impossible to drive. It's not balanced. <laughs> but oh, so beautiful to watch. Oh, yeah. And it turns on a dime. Yep. <laughs> you need the cape because he's wearing assless chaps. <laughs> so we are introduced to the Foot Clan headquarters, which again, as we described, is just a paradise, honestly, to me. Yeah, again, uh, cigars when you're underage. Yeah, yeah, and this is where we meet Sam Rockwell, the goon, uh, who comes down and someone asks him for cigarettes and he's like, menthol regular. Yeah, this is this place is like uh, Dave and Buster's if Dave and Buster's was in total shit for idiots. Yeah. 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 If it was run by cool people, basically. Right. Sure. Right. Cool people like me, probably. Right. Yeah. Guys, I guess what I'm trying to say is, do you want to open up a Dave & Buster's franchise with me? Can we just open up a competing place with a different name so we don't have to pay them the rights? Yeah, like a Buster and Dave's. <laughs> I like that. I like it. Yeah. It's going to be a Buster Keaton and Dave Matthews. No one owns oh. the rights to that. Oh. <laughs> That's public domain, right? <laughs> All the games are silent, and once an hour, the Dave Matthews Band shits on everybody. <laughs> A so, Chicago tradition. Now he wants to play mouth instruments. 
I hate fucking Dave Matthews. Yeah, no, I He's don't the worst. <laughs> His fans are technically worse yeah, than Dave Matthews. Sure. So anyways, dude, <laughs> guys, who do you think would win in a fight? Uh, Dave Matthews band fans or fish fans? Oh. It's like Aliens Ooh. versus Predator. Ooh. No matter who wins, we all lose. Fish, gonna, fish fans have the lung capacity. I'm yeah. going with them. <laughs> well, I'm also going to say fish fans because they're doing... Way more intense drugs. Yes. They've got so much more stamina. Yes. For those riffs. Yeah. <laughs> They're holding out for days on a riff. Yeah. No, the, yeah. The fish fans are going to take yeah, the DMB no. fans. They're very well conditioned. Yeah. <laughs> Especially but, if it's like a frisbee fight. Yeah. But they all lose to the juggalos. Of course. <laughs> who Guys. Can, who can beat the juggalos? The juggalos are going to be marching on DC. <laughs> At the same time as a pro, as a fucking white supremacist yeah. rally. Yeah. It's going to be juggalos versus Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand how amazing that is? This, that, this, this, in this world, finally, I can come out and I can say, guys... I, uh, I'm fascinated by the Insane Clown Posse, and I'm fascinated by Juggalo culture, and I want them to succeed. <laughs> and everyone will look at me and go, that is a reasonable statement. You know what? Better than Nazis. You're <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I like how this is a battle between America's best white losers. <laughs> I like how if you pitched this idea to Troma two years ago, they would have laughed you out of the fucking Brooklyn office. <laughs> so, alright, Goon HQ, the Shredder shows up, he's mean looking, and he gets all of his kids. The Shredder's a grown man who has a, just a, a building full of children. Yeah, no. And uh, he gets his homeboy Tatsu to help him out. And he addresses the assembled children. It can't be stressed enough. That they are all the Shredder children. is an adult man. Yeah. Who who holds thousands of children in his thrall? Yep. It's he, like if Hook beat Pan and took over the, the yeah. game. And it's constantly being said that the Shredder uses these yeah, kids. It does. The Shredder is just, you know, uh, uh, keeping you around for his own personal needs. Right. It's he's. We can all say it. The Shredder is touching these kids. Yeah, right? he's, he's running a Jimmy Savile kind of thing. <laughs> oh, God damn it! <laughs> we gotta bleep the name now. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> Would it would it have been better if I'd have said the fucking uh, principal from Ferris Bueller, Jeffrey Jones, no. or no. Pete Townsend? No. Or Pete Townsend? Yeah, he kidnapped that lady, oh. locked her in a closet. Ooh, yeah. Well, there was also that time he was looking at kitty porn, and then when he got busted for it, they were like. Why do you have this? And he's like, I was doing research, research. on my autobiography. Oh, God. <laughs> That's terrifying. Yeah, but you know what? Fucking Bob O'Reilly, man. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Your Honor, I'd like to submit this into evidence. Teenage Wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I put this uh, this guy in my hair, Baba. I put his life statistics into a computer, <laughs> and that's the music that came out. A case ultra dismissed. <laughs> now let's all party. <laughs> freeze frame! Freeze frame! <laughs> the Jake Isles band is playing at Pete Townsend's acquittal party. Yeah. Any yeah. way you want it, that's the way. Can I please? They've can been I there please? opening for Journey. Yeah. 
can I please go to or at least be a, a, the, the, the person of honor in an acquittal party? <laughs> that sounds amazing. Actually, I think I had conflated uh, Jimmy Page with uh, Pete Townsend in that. It was Jimmy Page that had abducted that 13-year-old girl. Yeah, no, he yeah. totally abducted a 13-year-old Yeah, well, also... I apologize... Been- to Pete Townsend <laughs> but not and his estate. No, that guy was a fucking rapist and scumbag. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, the, the members of Led Zeppelin, there's also the, like, sand shark story <laughs> where they sexually assaulted a woman with a fucking shark. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, they're bad people. And, like, that's one of those, like, rock and roll stories that gets told yeah. is, like, guys, that's how you know they were fucking real rock and rollers. <laughs> they fucked a girl with a shark. Laugh, laugh, laugh. <laughs> the 70s were different. Whoa, weren't they, though? <laughs> yeah, because ugly guys can be popular. <laughs> and everybody was fucked up on lead poisoning. <laughs> so, yeah. so anyways, 40 minutes in, we're about four minutes into the film. Uh, all right, Shredder tells all the kids their family. Fantastic. One of the kids is Danny. He's the son of April O'Neil's boss, who apparently has permission to just walk into her goddamn house yeah, whenever he wants. Like, oh, guys, the they are definitely fucking. April O'Neil and her boss, that is. And he brings his kid along for some reason? I don't think they're fucking... I I think he wants to be fucking and she's like nah you got a kid buddy he doesn't have nearly enough hair for her true <laughs> true as we find out later mm. so anyways he goes to her house Danny we know is a part of the foot he steals some money from her also at some point the shredder's like foot clan ninja guys with bug eyes go find this girl cause she's reporting on our bullshit they do they get beat up by Raphael who saves April and brings her to the turtles hideout now then the splinter's like let me tell you the story about what happened flashback I'm just trying to catch us up guys I'm, I'm <laughs> no, it, it flashes to that pitch black uh, fucking bohemian rhapsody music video set <laughs> yeah we hit there and then you got lights on the things that happened like the uh, the four turtles dancing around in ooze a rat that's inexplicably animatronic. Oh, no, no. Well, we also learn that that the rat had a master named Hamato Yoshi. Yeah. Who was a, a, one of Japan's finest shadow warriors. And the rat would mimic his, his karate, karate and ninjutsu moves. moves yeah. And that's how the rat learned ninjutsu. The and rat. then trained the turtles when they got green goo on them. And then he got goo because he touched them. Yeah, I guess. And then they grew. And then, like, the, the one turtle's first word is pizza for some reason. I mean, who doesn't? But, like, he knows it instinctually just by eating it? <laughs> yeah, that's how information is encoded for the next generation. Didn't you read that Richard Dawkins book? Mm, no, but I, I did read that Richard Dawson book, Kiss Every Female Contestant on the Mouth. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it turns out the 70s was a time of monsters. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. Well, yeah, because... The, and, and there was two kinds of monsters. There was the, the, the street-level human monsters, your Pete Townsend's, your Jimmy Page's, <laughs> your Richard Dawson's, and then there was your you know cosmic-style monsters, your King Kong's, your Godzilla's, sure. your Ghidorah's, your... Uh, your uh, Gamera's. Yeah. Your yeah. Richard Nixon's. Yeah. <laughs> the most cosmic of monsters. <laughs> So anyways, uh, a bunch of ninja things happen, and the Ninja Turtles are found out, and like they kidnap Splinter, and the turtles go to April's house, and then Raphael's like, where's Splinter? And they're like, shut up! And then he goes to 
burn some steam off. He goes up to the roof to dance it out footloose style. Yeah, yeah, and the only thing that's missing is a sweet Kenny Loggins song. But don't worry, it's replaced by Casey Jones on the adjoining roof. <laughs> yeah. Practicing his theremin. Uh, practicing, practicing his spying on his neighbors in New York. Now that you mention it, though, this whole sequence would have really benefited from a Rock and Kenny Loggins song. Oh, sure. The whole movie should have been underscored with wall-to-wall music, but they <laughs> yeah. didn't have the budget for it. <laughs> yeah, wall-to-wall Loggins would have been pretty great. They spent yeah. all their money on exactly two songs, but <laughs> by God, those songs were worth it. That is right. Uh, so anyways, the Raphael... For a while, holds off against the, uh, a, a, a large ton. number of yeah. goons from the Foot Clan, just yeah, kicking no, and punching. Like Dynasty warrior level of uh, and he's of got like goons. he's got enough confidence to like crack wise and make jokes. Oh yeah, and I gotta say, like this is the first time we really see the turtles in action mm-hmm. uh, in broad daylight, not obscured, and like it's pretty impressive. Sure, for like these stuntmen to be wearing these big bulky animatronic suits in the middle of like. New York summer kicking and flipping and yeah they and move shit. incredibly fast oh, yeah, yeah it's and very all the well cartwheels done and flips and shit it's, yeah. it's impressive yeah it's really well done so he fights a bunch of goons while meanwhile the Ninja Turtles and April are downstairs they're talking about her news report and they're cracking wise about Raphael because uh, they don't get it that he's getting beat up yeah. until he gets thrown through a window uh, through a skylight through yeah He's in a coma for a month! Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Ninja Turtles begin to fight back against the Foot Clan. They hold their own for a while until the floor underneath them breaks again. And they're now into the... Uh, 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 yeah, the Foot Clan starts passing out uh, like battle axe tumble yeah, no, There's a battle axe guy that yeah. shows up with no less than a dozen battle axes and just starts handing them out. They hit the floor so hard that the floor collapses and they go into the ground level. Yeah, they yeah, fall down in the antique store. Yeah, the antique there store... Is Way too much backstory for this antique store. Oh, yeah, no, we needed none of that. We get more backstory for the antique store than we do for Casey Jones. Yeah. Yeah, Casey Jones is a guy (laughs) with a mask and some sticks who decided to take it upon himself to clean up the streets of violent crime as a vigilante. Because he played hockey for a year (laughs) and then then hurt hurt. his knee. He got knee, Or just, yeah. So anyways, the, tur- the Casey Jones shows up, and they are fighting as, bud- as good as they can. Somehow, the place starts on fire. Yeah. Um, something gets knocked over and it yeah. on fire. I mean, it's an you antique know, classic store. one of those oil and lamp things. they escape, uh, but not before Casey Jones hears a dangling, conveniently placed answering, answering machine. machine. And she, uh, April O'Neil gets a message from her boss, Charles Pennington, that she has been fired from her job as a reporter because she continued to report on the Foot Clan's activities even after Chief Stearns, we haven't even talked about, about that. Yeah, but he no. runs the police and he's in league with the Foot, it seems. He hammers on fucking Pennington. No, no, no. He hammers on Pennington because he catches the kid. He catches Danny stealing, stealing something. Yeah, so he's going to try to get the news off him See, by he's not putting muscle. Danny. He's putting muscle on the free yeah. press to shut up mm-hmm. the story. Mm-hmm. God, in exchange for personal favors in order to pardon and a criminal. And he's like a slightly more heavy set Joe Tory, pretty much. Yeah, he does look like that. I would say a slightly more flesh-colored Chief Wiggum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll give either of those a go. Chief Tory. Chief Tory. <laughs> so anyways, uh, the Turtles... Guys, also, can is we... he related to Nakatomi? <laughs> Can we take a minute and mourn a time when you had to have an entire box to receive your voicemails? 
Like but dedicated voicemail but, box. But they weren't voicemails then. Yeah, I, it was I just they weren't. phone messages. <laughs> and it required a tape. A tape. A cassette a tape. Non, tape. A non-standard size, size tape. cassette tape. Right. You had to right. go to a special Radio Shack to get that. You had to go to regular Radio Shack to get everything great then, John. Guys. If, I think we can all agree every Radio Shack is special. <laughs> yeah, that's where you went and bought all the cool shit to mod out your RC cars. Right. Hashtag resistors. <laughs> damn you. I just kind of want that to catch on with Antifa. <laughs> Hashtag resistors. Hashtag resistors. <laughs> anyway, guys, I look forward to getting doxxed. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, uh, it's where, where lives. Yeah, exactly. It's it's where the uh, the evil internet people uh, would get all your personal information and say, "Wouldn't it be funny if we sent the cops there?" Yeah. Like as a joke. Oh, so they just send the cops to my house? Yeah, yeah. and the cops are like, "Oh, did this happen again?" Oh, yeah, they're pretty upset. And then your door is broke. Yeah, you got to pay for a new door, buddy. Yeah. I'm moving out soon, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the turtle... This fucking guy made a door monkey right here. <laughs> yeah, you know they call me Jimmy Doors. <laughs> I got a door empire over here. I'm I'm just making it rain doors. Ow, ow, ow! <laughs> Jesus. Look look at this, look at this old door. Oh god, my legs. Oh look at these French doors. Oh god, oh, I got a saloon door. <laughs> Oh, My good. face is so red from the slaps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the turtles uh, make their way up to a uh, grody country estate. Yeah, uh, they go up to Albany. Yeah. yeah. And they hang out there for a sad little bit. Then all of a sudden, there's narration for some reason. No sure. April O'Neil has uh, heretofore unseen art capabilities. Yeah. Uh, she draws stuff. Yeah, Raphael is just haphazardly thrown into a tub. <laughs> Um, and given daily, like, trickles. water. Trickle gets, baths by April O'Neil. trickled on daily. The turtles are just trying to deal with things. Casey Jones spends his time, the way I think most men uh, over the age of 30 in New York at the time did, uh, saying gross things to women. Yeah. <laughs> he is catcalling and working on cars the whole time he's in the country. It's so yeah. gross. Yeah. There's literally a part where he's like, hey, babe, doll, Toots. cupcakes, Toots, Sugar princess. Ah. Yeah. Hey, come on, help me out. Tell me your, tell me your gross, sexist nickname What's so that I can call it by you. Are you, are you hot pants? Oh yeah, are you legs? <laughs> How about tush? Now we're just naming ZZ Top songs. Yeah. <laughs> Up top though, great band. Yeah, Lagrange, pretty good. <laughs> now nah, you're wrong. Whoa. All right, all right, fair enough. God damn it, John. Don't you know everybody's crazy about a sharp-dressed man? Look, and I... the song Sharp-Dressed Man? <laughs> it's meta. No, I get it. I get it. They're, ZZ Top are a band for now. No, I understand. The Redditors love them. Okay, They're no, I get what you're saying. forever. I see, I see what you're saying. I, I accept and appreciate it. I got it. Now you're patronizing I'm, us. Yeah, I recognize this tone. He took my bit from the beginning when I patronized you. Yeah, you did do that. Aww. You guys are ass. Now you made him remember that I patronized him earlier, John. <laughs> I hate both of you guys. All right. So hey, listeners, turtles. if you want to patronize us, go to patreon.com and start throwing money at <laughs> bodycastsandbeers.com. Bodycastsandbeers.com? God damn it, John. 
You it's body be- counts and no. beer. <laughs> dot com. There is no dot com. We don't have a website. What? Why? Squarespace makes it so easy. Oh, yeah, but they don't make it cheap, John. They don't make it cheap. But they have 24-7 tech support. Are we expecting our listeners to send away to our catalog? <laughs> we don't have a website. Yeah, send away for our catalog. It'll ha- it has a transcription of every episode in there and directions on how to make your very own interocitor. Uh, Just send your money to P.O. Box, Body Counts and Beers dot com. One, two, three, Podcast Street. Podcastville, Podcast USA. Um, so anyway. Just tie it to the back of a carrier pigeon and hope for the best. As long as it's not one of Mike Tyson's pigeons. <laughs> he likes pigeons way too much. Also, yes. he totally sends those pigeons where they're supposed to go, so I'm sure we would get our mail. Well, I guess that's true. I don't... I just don't want to support Mike Tyson. I mean, fair. Anyways, <laughs> so, the, so the Ninja Turtles uh, have their Avengers Age of Ultron retreat, yep. uh, and then at some point they figure out how to uh, conjure the ghosts of things that aren't dead yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Shredder comes full on fucking uh, Splinter. Uh, yeah, well, no, because back home in New York, the Shredder is like constantly berating Splinter and like hitting him and not feeding him and be like, "There's something about you. I don't know what it is, but I don't like it." I swear, I recognize this guy. Yeah, and then Danny's there and he's like, "My dad's stupid. He yells at me for getting arrested. <laughs> what an asshole!" <laughs> and then Splinter's like. Dads like their sons. <laughs> Words of wisdom. And he's like, really? And he's like, yeah, fucking duh. Yeah, but what Splinter doesn't know is that this kid's dad's douchebag Pennington. <laughs> now, King Splinter, of the douchebag. This is also where, then Danny like leaves for a little bit, and then the turtles eventually leave uh, upstate, uh, and they come back home. And then they They're find... reinvigorated and recharged. Yeah. They yes. are focused on their goal. Because Ghost Splinter, the ghost that's not a ghost because he's not dead, but it also wasn't his conscious because he wasn't tied up. I don't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> just an ayahuasca. Let's, let's like an, not parse this anymore. Yeah, it was like an ayahuasca hallucination yeah, or something. Right. They had gazed into the flame and got visions from the Lord of Light. Oh, so which one of them is the prince that was promised? Uh, spoiler alert, all of them. Whoa! That's what, that's what makes these books so good, you guys. <laughs> it's, it's full of twistsies and turnsies. Upsies and downsies. I, I can't wait to see which one of them sleeps with Daenerys. <laughs> spoiler alert, the one who's blood-related. <laughs> God damn it, gross. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Poor, yeah. Donat- poor yeah. Donatello. <laughs> Uh, he was no. adopted. He does machines. He has no need for the flesh of women. Which would make him in a fantasy setting a gnome. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> gnomes tinker! <laughs> they work with clockwork things and warforged and the like. Don't look at me like that, John! <laughs> John and I <Sorry>. abstain. <laughs> You can abstain all you want. I know for a fact John knows what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. No, you do! I don't know! So anyways, 
the turtles are reinvigorated and they make their way back to New York uh, where they uh, go back to their home in the sewers and they're going to sleep there overnight before they get to uh, go before they final battle before they go for the boss fight and Casey Jones it's their save point Casey Jones does not want to sleep there uh, he's uncomfortable with the enclosed space. Yeah. He and shouts ac- no homo at the top of his lungs <laughs> well, while running around in circles. Well, he's accused of being claustrophobic. <laughs> and then he goes, what are you talking about? I never looked at another guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, cause, and I, I, I realize this. Uh, the more that I check my privilege and broaden my social scope... The 90s were incredibly homophobic. Extremely Oh, yeah. Because the, the 90s were right on the cusp of, hey, popular culture can't outright be misogynistic or racist anymore. But, like, I don't know, gay people are still kind of funny, yeah. right, guys? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, gay panic was, like, like the default mode for most comedies in yeah. the 90s. <laughs> yeah, it's deeply uncomfortable. Because Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is a fantastic movie. Except they drop the F-bomb a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, Casey Jones, uh, uh, on top of being a misogynist pig, also homophobic, he Oddly, goes... And s- those two frequently overlap. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> what a dink. So anyways, Casey Jones goes and sleeps in the car like a hobo, like that he probably is, uh, and then the turtles sleep inside. They run into Danny, apparently, and then Danny like takes a picture of Leonardo and then goes home. To the foot not not, not a photograph picture, but one of the pictures that April O'Neil had drawn while right. they were up yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. Not right. like a Polaroid. upstate New York. And but then, then he goes back because he has to seek the counsel of Splinter. Uh, yeah, again. And again. this time Splinter like tells him the full like origin of Splinter. And he's like, I had a master, Hamato Yoshi, and he had this girl. And he was his only rival was this other guy, Oroku Saki. And they fought about everything. But instead of fighting over this girl, we moved to New York with me, the rat guy. And then he came in anyways and killed his wife and she's fucking dead it's the first dead body the in the entire movie and she's yeah. dead it's and like, then, and it's then like he, the end of stand by me yeah, yeah and then yeah. he kills he kills his master he and he has him. a giant bloody sword wound in his gut in his chest yeah. and then the rat who we also so cutely get to see practicing martial arts and it's, oh it's amazing yeah, it's this so is awesome. a normal yeah. sized regular anatomically correct rat on its hind legs doing kicks and throwing it's punches. So great. It's uh, adorable. He leaps into the fray and slices up Orokosaki's face. Orokosaki takes his giant sword and one swipe at the rat, which takes off a little corner of his oh, ear yeah. and then leaves. Yeah. That's just so that's rat. the story of Splinter. That's all. Yeah. Thanks, friend. Then, then Shredder shows up and he's like, Danny, what are you doing here? And he's like, but I, I threw your stupid band on the floor. Yeah. He's like, what do you yeah, have? Splinter, what are you hiding? Splinter is very upset at this sign of blatant Shredder. disrespect. Shredder. Shredder. Guys, these names are all ridiculous. Yeah, no so kidding. The Shredder, who in the cartoons is voiced by Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince. Which is yeah. amazing. Uh, the Shredder knows that Danny is hiding something, so he does something that he does to all the other kids of the Foot Clan. He slides his hand into his back pocket and takes it out of there. Uh, and it's a, a picture of Leonardo from upstate New York, and he's like, Oh, you have a picture of a Ninja Turtle. They're back in town! The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Guys, let's just listen to Thin Lizzy. 
Actually, listeners, do yourselves a favor and watch the New Zealand ukulele orchestra cover The Boys Are Back in Town. It is delightful. There's a ukulele orchestra? From New Zealand. Fucking Kiwis. It's so good. (laughs) You guys, there's like 30 of them. So the Shredder sends all of his goons to the sewers to fight the Ninja Turtles. And the remaining, like, 15 minutes of the movie is just the Turtles wailing on goons. Yeah. It is basically the raid where they start at sewer level and work their way up to the top of the building. Yes, yeah. and they just kick the shit out of every bug-eyed ninja goon that they can. Meanwhile, Casey Jones is running around. He steals a garbage truck, uh, drives it into a, a, a fire escape. Deep ladder. Throws two guys off. They Wilhelm scream. They're probably oh, dead. They have to be dead. Yeah. Uh, and he, he parks the garbage truck in a very particular spot. Meanwhile, the turtles now are confronted with the Shredder himself. Yeah. And they decide to go at him one-on-one, individually, piece by piece. Uh, and each of them is easily defeated by the Shredder, who is not as tall or as big or powerful as the Ninja Turtles. But he's so skilled. And he does have a great spear. Yeah, he's got a spear for some mm-hmm. reason that, like, all the bladed weapons in this movie can only be used to deflect things. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, they fight for a while until finally he's defeated the turtles pretty much as much as he can. He's got Leonardo on the ground, spear to his neck. He's going to kill him. He convinces the turtles to throw their weapons away. And like idiots, they do. And just before he kills Leonardo, Splinter shows up and goes, Hey! And he's like, Oh. I guess we should fight now. Forget this turtle guy. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the the Splinter's like, I know who you are, Oroko Saki. And Splinter takes off his mask and he's like... Shredder. That's right. Shredder... T- <laughs> now you got me doing it! <laughs> then Shredder takes off his mask and he's like, oh, crap, that rat scratched my face. <gasps> you're that rat! You're that rat! And now you're six feet tall! Yeah. And so he draws his spear and runs at him. And uh, the rat... Man, Splinter, Splinter, <laughs> Shred, Splinter, 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 Splitter, Schmitty, Ratman, Ratman <laughs> takes the nunchucks from Michelangelo and throws Shredder off the roof, but is holding him there, and then tells him that death comes for us all. Yeah, it yep. does. A valuable but, lesson. But Thanks. when your death comes, it will drop Shredder into garbage truck. To be fair, Shredder threw a knife at Splinter, yeah. and he had to deflect the knife, so he had to let go of he Shredder. He didn't deflect it. He, he fucking caught, caught it. it. Right. Yeah. Though, then Shredder lands in a garbage truck, and Casey Jones immediately turns the crusher on while whistling. Uh, now- he says, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> So it's clearly an accident, guys. Yeah, at that point, he's just like, hey, you know what? Let's throw manslaughter onto the charges. Ah, but it's involuntary manslaughter, so that's not that bad. (laughs) It was very voluntary. (laughs) No, he said whoops. (laughs) As a teamster, you get to kill at least three people in the course of any day's work. (laughs) That's absolutely true. Teamsters and presidents have that power. Right. Three secret murders (laughs) per day. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways... Uh, then the Shredder, we see his head smashed in a garbage yeah, it truck. Is. Uh, the Ninja Turtles celebrate, uh, their wounds immediately healed. Immediately. By just repeating their catchphrases over and over. Cowbunga, radical, bodacious, over and over. Until Splinter shows up. A hush falls among the Turtles. Uh, and before we get to this, I should point out that Casey Jones and April O'Neil also have their little moment, uh, where he's like... I'm gross and she's like just kiss me and he's like alright yeah and we're all like god that's gross cause he literally says 
you're cute when you're pushy. And she's like, I know! <laughs> and then they make out, and then all the turtles are giving him thumbs up, yeah. and then he looks up, tongue in her mouth, and he's and like, Thumbs up back. Thumbs up God back. damn it. But yeah, so the turtles kills Shredder, and then they're celebrating, and then Splinter slowly appears as a hush comes over them, as he says to them, I have always liked Kawabunga. And they all go, Whoa! And then Splinter says, I made a funny. And ha, then ha, ha. the greatest song in movie history plays. <laughs> Brought to you by MC Golden Throat himself. <laughs> MC Golden, Golden Voice. Voice, I'm sorry. Of the uh, seminal 90s hip hop group Partners in Crime. K R Y M E. With their hit song T U R T L E Power. One of the greatest examples of a plot based rap music <laughs> we've ever had. Guys, I figured it out. I figured out why so many movies in the 90s ended with a rap song describing the plot of the movie, and here it is. VHS tapes were like 90 goddamn dollars when they first came out. <laughs> there is no fucking way your parents are going to buy a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on VHS. So what do you do? You beg them for the single of the rap song <laughs> that summarizes the movie. And you got a little movie for your mind, buddy. <laughs> John, you are a genius. Yeah. I did it! Yeah. Well, guys, that's the end of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's a lot of things we missed. <laughs> there's a really. lot. There's yeah, a lot of but Sam there's Rockwell. a lot of other things we totally covered. True. There's a lot of. There's a lot like there's like the whole. I don't even want to get into it. Fuck it. <laughs> there's the part where all like, the the we would totally skip Casey Jones like being getting the shit kicked out of him by Tatsu and then finding a golf club and gaining superpowers from it. Yeah, there yeah. you go. You did it. You covered yeah, it. You did. Great. You did. And, and then taught he, those kids about family. No, the kids are like, we're a family. And he's like, Pfft. and they're like, whoa, we're not a family. <laughs> yeah, because as we know from the 90s, one man's sarcastic ridicule completely destroys everything in your mind. Absolutely true. It destroyed my whole life. Yeah. So that'll be it, guys, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> until we come back with bullet points. Bullet points! And we are back with our very first bullet point, Body Count! Body Counts. John, what do you think the body count of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> the movie, is? Uh, I'm going to say... Five. Are we counting the flashback deaths? Yes. Five. Patrick, what's the body count of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie? Four. Well, guys, you're both wrong. <laughs> you're both too high. <laughs> the answer's two. It's just the flashback deaths. I would argue that you could make a case for Shredder because the sequel hadn't been made yet. Correct. I also would argue the two guys that get knocked off the ladder when they're like three stories up the building oh, probably th die. There are definitely plenty of implied deaths, <laughs> but confirmed Plus, deaths. I would also wager that the uh, heroin bloated corpse of Casey Jones is found <laughs> weeks after the events of this movie. Oh, sure. I would also argue that anybody kicked or punched by a ninja turtle is dead. <laughs> their fists and feet are gigantic, and have you seen, like, they're just their resting calf muscles so, yeah. are the size of, like, Shaq's head. Right. Uh, uh, so anyways, that uh, that wraps up body count. 
Moving on to our next bullet point. Best kill. (laughs) (laughs) You've got two and a half to choose from. Best kill. Patrick, best kill. I'm taking uh, Splinter's master who gets a massive open sword gash on his chest. It's, yeah, it's... The only graphic kill in the movie. Yeah, it's like a really large paper cut overlaid onto a body. Yeah, well, there's like black goo coming yeah. out of him. Yeah, it's, it's a really okay death. <laughs> Very okay. John, best kill. I'm going to go for the half and say when Shredder gets crushed by the trash compactor. Sure. Yeah, it's pretty great. Especially because Casey Jones just gleefully does it. <laughs> yeah. And Casey Jones, at this point, did not see the events that were taking place on the roof, has never met the Shredder before in his life, has no idea who this random body is that fell into this garbage truck. But you know what? It just feels like I should do this. Yeah. No. Finish it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Mark, best kill. The other one? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm going to say probably for best kill. I'm going to go uh, with. Uh, <laughs> nope, that's it. That's Just good. those. Yeah. I will say, in defense of the death of uh, Master Yoshi's wife. It is like a recreation of uh, Sephiroth killing Aerith from Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, where he descends from the ceiling with a downward point in katana. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, like, that's cool, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. I guess. The, I'm going to go with Splinter's Ear. There it is. Yeah. Splinter's Ear gets cut off <laughs> with maximum precision <laughs> by Orokosaki. Or uh, with just real shitty aim. Also true, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the two. One of the two. That might be why he ran away after yeah, it that. it just felt bad. He's like, I couldn't kill a rat? <laughs> after taking two human lives? <laughs> Ooh, back to kill college for me. <laughs> kill college. Kill college. That's my favorite 80s uh, like snowboard type movie. Kill college. <laughs> kill college. Yeah, where all the cool guys go to kill school. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield is there as the cool dean. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so uh, first thing you gotta do is uh, put a knife in somebody. <laughs> Not me, because I don't get any respect. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so there it is, guys. The greatest Rodney no. Danger yeah. film impersonation was... ever. Killed it. We can all stop doing it now, <laughs> as I'm sure people are still doing it on the streets everywhere. All the cool kids in the Rodney cool. Dangerfield impressions. In their With oversized their... Hawaiian shows. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you think your Rodney Dangerfield is good? You should hear my Milton Burrow. I just pull out a huge dick. Moving on. Uh, my Henny Youngman is fucking killer. <laughs> I got a really great Sam Kinison. That was the easy one. Yeah, that was good. good. good All right, so moving on to our next bullet point. (laughs) War crimes. All right, I got this one. I got this one. War crimes. I think. John. (laughs) John, war crimes. The war crime, and we touched on it very briefly in the description of the plot, but the chief of police arrests the son of the owner of a news network and exchanges personal pardons for the suppression of the free press. Yeah. That's absolutely probably a war crime. Yeah. yeah. Or at least just a crime. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be close. I yeah. mean, it, it 
feels pretty fascist to me. It yeah. does. And remember that the city is in the grips of a, in essence, a hostile takeover yeah. by a uh, invading force of goony teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, civilian army. Yeah. 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 That's a militia. Uh, Patrick. War crime. Assembling a militia out of goony teenagers. <laughs> I mean, if it's a crime when Joseph Coney does it. <laughs> it should be a crime when Shredder. Uh, Mark, war crimes. Uh, I'm going to consider the unlawful uh, 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 dispensation of radioactive material, waste yeah. into just the sewers of New yeah. York. Now, 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 now to be fair, that was not premeditated. The truck that had the ooze swerved real fast to get out of the way of a pedestrian, hit Matt Murdock in the face, and then tumbled into the sewer to create the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Daredevil that is canon. Come <laughs> at me. All right. Now, John, while I agree that that is canon, it's only canon in comic book form. In the films, the company TGRI (laughs) straight up just dumps illegal radioactive goo into the sewers. And they only freak out about it, like... 15 years later when they find one mutant dandelion and they're like oh no (laughs) we better make a pig and a snapping turtle mutant quick no it is a snapping turtle and a wolf John you're right Toka and And Razar I love how they were clearly Bebop and Rocksteady analogs that for some reason they couldn't do in the movie then later in the cartoon series when Toka and Razar show up right well, the movies were made independently by Golden Harvest, and they didn't have the rights to any of the cartoon characters, which are Bebop and Rocksteady. Right. They were created for the cartoon, so they couldn't use any of the cartoon characters, so they had to create new ones, Tokan Razar, giant evil monster babies. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I should point out that to prepare for this today, I did watch Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Youth. Uh, which was the worst idea I ever could have done. <laughs> Poor David Warner is just reduced. <laughs> oh, so bad. Anyways, uh, moving on to our final uh, bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? Patrick, is this an action movie? I'm gonna have to go with yes. There's not a hell of a lot else that happens other than action. John, is this an action movie? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is a very, uh, let's make sure we don't lose the attention of children action yeah. movies. Yeah, there's a lot of quips. There's a lot of, like, one-liners that seemingly have nothing to do with anything. At all. Like, there's a lot of things where they just yell something out mm-hmm. in post because it's something they're doing. Like, yeah, Pat Oswalt did some punch-up work on the script. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. one of the turtles rolls on the ground at somebody and yells... California roll! Yeah. Because apparently turtles are sushi? I guess. Uh, Here's the thing that irritates me the most about their fighting style. A lot of their cool screen-clearing special moves are just them spinning in a place and hoping <laughs> that bad guys run into them. Yeah. Yeah. It is very weird. Yeah, one of them just spins around and goes, Wheel of Fortune! It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. No. Uh, so, Mark, is this an action movie? Yeah, it is, I think so. Yeah. Uh, 
it is definitely an action movie geared towards children. Mm-hmm. Although I always will say, of all the Ninja Turtle movies that have come out, this is definitely the best one. Yeah, um, oh, and it definitely has the most action in it. And so, yeah, I definitely say this is an action movie. There's a lot of good, uh, well done, like martial arts stunt work in sure. the film, oh, yeah, especially definitely. considering the limitations. Right, yeah. those guys were in unair conditioned like plastic suits yeah, which had like robotics in them heating up their faces right. the entire time I Ugh. can only imagine like the scene from uh, Itchy and Scratchy Land Simpsons episode of just them screaming I just want to entertain <laughs> <laughs> oh so that brings us finally to final reviews Patrick final review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie it's totally the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie guys John, <laughs> final review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I, the movie. I do give it an extra large New York style pizza, but with anchovies. Ooh. Mark, final review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Again, the greatest of the Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah. Not a high bar. Let's, yeah. let's point no. that out. But it, it does gently walk over that bar with no problem <laughs> yeah, whatsoever. Very, very easily. Uh, and so that is it, ladies and gentlemen, for Body Counts and Beer. Uh, I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I am John the Party Dude Rooney. Cowabunga. Bodacious. Bacchanalian. Dionysian. Gerald Ford. Jimmy Carter? Andrew Jackson? Harry Hogan? <laughs> Hogan's <laughs> heroes? <laughs> Nazis? <laughs> oh no, guys! Oh, no. We we cracked the code. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch Autofocus, it's real gross. It, is. <laughs> it really is. It's with a guy from Hogan's Heroes running around and making dirty sex tapes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got Greg Kinnear in it, so it's you know it's oh, hot. Alright, yeah. Alright, yeah. alright. Right. And classic. No. Greg in the air. Bye. <laughs> Body Counts and Beer is Patrick the Prophecy Bromley, John Exotico Rooney, and Mark Cyborg 2 Glass Shadow Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, anywhere fine podcasts are purveying. Please leave us a rating or review. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com. Good in. Uh, it was an end. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Coming up on season two of Spiel Chicago, a conversation with some of the city's young transgender actors about their trans experience. You know, for me, transitioning wasn't transitioning from one gender to the other gender. It was transitioning to myself. I thought that I had to hate my body in order to be trans. And that's not the case about auditioning as a non-binary person. If you go into an audition, if it's with someone you don't know, how are they going to respond to this? About the intersection of being transgender and being an actor. I feel so much of this business is like, be yourself, be yourself, but like, how can I be myself when I don't feel like there's a space that's been carved out? I finally accepted that I wanted to transition, and I thought that that also meant accepting that I was going to be completely uncastable for about a year and a half. About what compels them as artists. I knew that I was an actor before I realized that I had a race or a gender. We also talk about activism and the kinds of changes they'd like to see in the Chicago theater scene. Stop doing so much Shakespeare. Wait, 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 wait. 
I love Shakespeare, and the first time that I played a role as my gender, it was in a Shakespeare play. My middle name is I'm, from Shakespeare. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, okay. I'm just, I, I feel you though. I feel you. I can respect. I'm kidding, I'm I disagree, kidding, but I respect. Yeah, this ahead. is where I disagree within the trans community. You can hear the rest of this episode with special guest host Avi Roquet, as well as dozens of other inspiring interviews with Chicago theater artists by subscribing to Spiel Chicago on iTunes. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. See you at the theater.